Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash stuff today for details. Hey there. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh. Chuck is with me as always. Prison? Couldn't live without him. Oh. You put the two of us together, you get a lumpy little podcast called Stuff You Should Know, right Chuck? Yeah. And that's what you guys are listening to now. And if you are listening to this on its original publishing date... Uh, you should be nervous, because that means that tomorrow is Friday the 13th. Indeed. And before we really get started, Chuck, I think we should give a proper shout-out to two of our listeners, Cameron Clark mm-hmm. and Pari Gabriel. Right. This is actually a, a listener suggestion. Yes. This is our second one. The first one was Body Armor. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, both uh, Cameron and Pari independently suggested that we do a podcast on Friday the 13th. Right. And um, we haven't gotten to the bottom of whether or not they were separated at birth or no. anything like that. But, but it's uh, a swell idea. It is. It is. So here we are, right? The day before. So, Chuck, um, I'm – well, actually, I'm a terribly superstitious person. I, I, I can't really say that I'm not. Uh, but I know people who aren't that still kind of take a little extra measure of caution when Friday the 13th rolls around, right? right. Are you like that? Uh, no, I'm not really that superstitious, and I don't really think about Friday the 13th. It's not even on your mind. No, I mean, I realize it if I look at the calendar, but I don't think two things about it. Gotcha. Okay. Not well, one thing. I am of less intellect than you. <laughs> no, you're just more superstitious. That's the same thing. Um, so, Chuck, I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, there's actually a phobia. There's a the genuine phobia. I don't consider myself having a phobia, but there is a phobia on the books. And this is all you, buddy. It is all me, and that word, that phobia, is periscavidecatriophobia. That is awesome. Thank you. Very hard. It looks like the alphabet when I look at the word, It, it is. It, it, it looks like the Cyrillic alphabet almost, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like all consonants. Um, but that is the actual fear of Friday the 13th, and people actually do suffer from this phobia. True. Um, one of the weird things about it is it is uh, this particular phobia, periscavidecatriophobia, is um, a uh, a cultural, completely cultural construct. Right. It's Western, uh, very much so. Yes. To begin with, yeah. So let's let's get into this. Why do people hate thirteen? First of all, have you noticed in our building, um, there's no thirteenth floor marked on the elevator? Right. Even though there is a thirteenth floor, it is marked fourteen. Right. Okay. But yes, it's still a thirteenth floor. You can call it whatever you want. True. You I know? call it thirteen. Yeah. You can put lipstick on a hockey mom, and you know. Still a pit bull. Right. So, um, the, and it's not just floors and buildings. Uh, no. Hotels often don't have a room 13. Right. Planes uh, don't have uh, the 13th row. Mm-hmm. It's, that's just weird, right? It, it's weird. It's unusual to me that it's played such a, a, a role in our culture that they actually go out of their way to do this. Yeah. And let me give you one more. Okay. Uh, Little League Baseball. Uh, when I wore the number 13, uh-huh. 0.00 batting average for the season, 
hit in the head twice. Well, so it's entirely possible that 13 isn't a very good number, right. possibly an untoward number. Right. It's possible that you stink at baseball, too. That's actually much <laughs> more likely. But, okay, so uh, anyway, th- this is old, and it, like you said, it's, it's rooted in, in Western culture. And actually, the fear of Friday the 13th is the convergence, actually, of two superstitions. Yeah, 13 and Friday. Yeah, we haven't liked either of those things for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not just... Uh, it's it, the this Western conception of Friday the Thirteenth being uh, a nervous a nervous date um, is actually rooted in Norse mythology right. and Christianity, uh-huh. and they seem very separate. But they actually came together, um, and one played off of the other to develop this current fear we have. So you want to you want to take it? Well, I, I can tell you a little bit about, about the Norse aspect of it. Um, in Norse mythology, there was a hero called Balder. And Balder was killed at a banquet uh, by another god, Lo- Loki. L O K I. Did you ever read Marvel's Thor comics? Oh yeah. Loki was always the bad guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, Balder was killed by Loki, who basically crashed uh, Balder's party. It was a, a dinner party of twelve, and he was the thirteenth guest. Mm-hmm. So that uh, story, when you tie into Christianity, the Last Supper, um, Judas, who betrayed Christ, was the thirteenth guest. Yeah. So one of the common um, fears is, or common things is, never go to a, a dinner party of thirteen. Yeah, that just seems like a good rule of thumb yeah. after you know those two very monumental um, experiences in history. Right. W- under those circumstances. Um, okay, so so you said that uh, that kind of ties in this Last Supper and then this banquet in in Christian uh, in the Christian religion and Norse mythology, right? Yes. Um, and it's, there's actually a kind of a school of thought out there, and um, it, it basically says that Judaism, Christianity, and pretty much everything that came after that is rooted in ancient Egyptian religion. Okay. Did you know this? I did not. You're schooling me. Okay, you ready? Yeah. So there's this guy named Tom Harper. Uh, he's a, an historian, and he compiled a book in 2004 called Pagan Christ. Uh-huh. And uh, you can make an argument that it gets a little too granular, like he's he's proved his point too much, and perhaps he's being led to see what he wants to see. Right. Um, but basically what he's, he, ar- he argues is that um, Christianity and Judaism uh, just basically took uh, popular beliefs that had been around for centuries mm-hmm. – Thanks to the Chemites, the ancient Egyptians. Uh, okay. Specifically, between Christianity and the ancient Egyptian mythology, um, Horus, who's like the main guy, right? Which we'll get to later yeah. in listener mail. Horus and uh, Jesus Christ bear a very striking resemblance. Uh-huh. Um, the, just some of the details. First of all, they're, they're embodiment. They're, they're like the savior of mankind right. in, under each religion. But then there's details too, like um, both were born in uh, stables. Okay. Um, both uh, both uh, births were heralded by stars. Um, both had the ability to raise the dead. Right. Um, and uh, it, bo- the births of both of them were witnessed by shepherds. It just kind of goes on and on. And he I finds, didn't know that. He finds a couple hundred comparisons. Really. And as you as you look at it, some you're like, yeah, you know, that's kind of a stretch. But some you're like. Are, these are really close, uh-huh. right? And it's not like the ancient Egyptians were were, um, were without contact with anybody. Right. The Greeks learned um, most of what they knew about mathematics and astronomy and all that from the Egyptians. Sure. So all, all these people were interacting. It's entirely possible. 
Well, the thing is, is uh, Harper doesn't necessarily manage to prove anything. He illuminates a bunch of stuff, which I think right. was his intention. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does underlie or undermine this um, this competition that it seems like the early Christian church had with everybody else. Right. Right. Um, if you look, uh, one of the one of the parallels between horse. Um, and uh, Christ, their births were celebrated around the same time. Right. Um, and uh, people point out that things like the ch- the choice of when Christmas lies on uh-huh. um, or when uh, Easter lies on, these were kind of placed around the time of pagan holidays to compete with them. Interesting. So people would, would have to choose. They couldn't go, well, I'm going to be pagan on this date, and then, you know, a month down the road I get to have Christmas too. Right. It, that's not good, right? No. So, no. Right, as, as, if you're going to try to get everybody to your flock. Um, and one of the one of the pagan groups that were heavily targeted by the early church were the Norse. Right. And, and what, there's, a, uh, there's a, an idea that 13... They already didn't like thirteen, sure. But the Norse were also very—they um, venerated women, uh, and the early church was not big into women having power of any kind. Yeah, that's true. So um, Frigga, who was actually Balder, the hero Balder's mother, mm-hmm. she um, used to show up at witch covens. So there'd be twelve witches, and she'd be the thirteenth. Right. Under um, Christian cosmology. Anytime you, you've got twelve witches, the thirteenth one's going to be the devil. Exactly. So they were all these. Um, this competition created all of this um, accepted ideas in one culture were you know horrible and and, and bad and, and under Christianity. It was competition. Right. That's good stuff. Thanks a lot. I'm impressed. Okay. So um, Friday, but, the day Friday, actually in Christianity is also unlucky, considered to be unlucky. Yes, you want to take that? Uh, sure. Um, supposedly, Christ was crucified on a Friday. Not say supposedly, that's what they say. Right. And uh, some theologians, uh, theologians, excuse me, say that Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So that's another bad mark against it. <laughs> really? Uh, the Great Flood began on a Friday yep. when Noah built the ark and mm-hmm. flooded the earth. Noah didn't flood the earth, he built the ark. And uh, a lot of Christians in the past would not begin any new project or trip on a Friday because they thought it would be doomed. Yeah. So you take that Friday and you take the 13 and you marry them. And a lot of people think that that's why Friday the 13th came about is, is badness. Yeah. So uh, is is that the case? I mean, is that is that true? Is there badness to it? Well, uh, it depends on who you ask. Um, there have been studies here and there. There was one in 1993 uh, the British Medical Journal uh, published one. I love this title. Is Friday the 13th bad for your health? Yeah, which I is saw that, stuff. yeah. And they compared a ratio of traffic volume uh, to the number of automobile accidents on Friday the 6th and Friday the 13th mm-hmm. over a period of several years. And what they found out was consistently fewer people chose to drive on Friday the 13th, but the number of hospital admissions due to uh, car accidents went up. Uh, compared to a normal Friday. Did, did they conclude that it was possibly because people were a little more on edge on Friday the 13th, or what? I think th- th- that was one of the conclusions, yeah. Yeah. Which sort of makes sense. But that is strange that there is a uh, an increase on Friday the 13th. Right, which goes back to the thing that you were talking about with Harper. Perhaps you're looking, when you're looking for something, you're bound to find it. I remember, in, did you see the movie Pie? Yes. Darren Aronofsky's first film? Drill to the head. Yeah, Whew, that was tough. Um they raised a similar thing, you know, when the old uh, the old guy kind of a- assaulted the dude and said, 
you know, if you look for any number, you're going to find it. If the number in your head is 24, you're going to find 24 steps to your apartment, 24 uh, times that you used a whisk to beat the eggs, that kind of thing. Right. So perhaps that plays a part as well. Yeah, there's a psychological bias, I guess. Right. You're preparing yourself. You're looking harder than usual, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. Well, um, you know, if you went to Italy on Friday the 13th, you would probably find very few people who um, were particularly moved by it. True. Uh, in Italy, actually, the unlucky number is 17. Yep. Because uh, under Roman numerals, it would be, uh, what, XVII. Mm-hmm. And if you rearrange them to VIXI, uh, that is, he lived, and it's past tense, and you often find that on gravestones. 17 is an unlucky number. True, good stuff. Try scaring somebody around here with 17. It's not going to happen. They'll just blink at you a little bit and exactly. walk away. Yeah. I've got another couple of examples of uh, 13 being a good thing. Uh, in Judaism, 13 is the, num- is the age at which a boy matures into a man, and you have your bar mitzvah, so that's good. Uh, Colgate University, did you know this one? No. I didn't share this one with you. Mm-mm. They are a liberal uh, liberal arts college in New York a State, and they love the number 13. The tradition there, they said Colgate was founded by 13 men with $13 and 13 prayers and 13 articles, and the university is actually at 13 Oak Drive. So every Friday the 13th, they throw a big party, basically, and really embrace it and wear the school colors and that kind of thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So they're going to have one tomorrow, then? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Go Colgate. Yeah, if some <clears throat> excuse me, if someone's at Colgate University right now listening to this and they're swilling some keg beer to Friday the 13th, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think so too. So you know in uh Japan and China what the unlucky number is? Isn't it 4? It is 4. I knew that. Because apparently in both languages, and I was surprised to hear this, um in both languages the pronunciation of the number 4 is very very much similar to the pronunciation for the word death. So you may not find a four on like a menu in a, a Chinese restaurant or something like that. Right. I'm going to keep an eye out actually in the future, see if there's a four. That's good. Like the number four meal on a Chinese menu. That yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe it's Happy Family. Maybe so. Uh, I got a few more thirteens for okay. you if you're if you're patient. I am. Uh, in the world of sports, there have been some very famous, uh, awesome athletes that wore the number thirteen. So you would think it would not uh, be unlucky. Uh, Dan Marino. One of the best quarterbacks to ever play. Yeah. But one of the best quarterbacks to ever play and not win a Super Bowl. Yeah, it makes you wonder how much better he would have been had he not worn 13. Right. I mean, Alex, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Sure. Alex Rodriguez, a famous baseball player right now for the New York Yankees. He could be a superstar. He is a superstar, and he wears a number 13, but uh, the Yankees have not been to a World Series since he joined their roster. That is interesting. In 2004, that even though they have the powerhouse uh, all-star lineup. So maybe that's unlucky. And uh, Wilt Chamberlain is 13, but he won all kinds of things. So, Yeah. I'd say that is lucky in that case. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people say the thir- the number 13 is a lucky number, but that's not my experience. I'm among, you know, A-Rod and Dan right. Marino as, as just a failed sports figure who right. bore the number 13. So. Well, I don't know if I could call them failed sports figures. Uh, they He has a batting average very much higher than 0.0. Agreed. Uh, Friday the 13th films. I'm sure you've seen some of these. Sure. Uh, there have been 12, including the one that's... No, there haven't. Yes. They've made 12 of those? Well, there there were 11 original films, including the Freddy versus Jason thing. Yeah. That was pretty Oof. much terrible. Yeah. But tomorrow, actually, is the release of the remake of the original. Yes. And uh, that makes the fourth one in the series to be released on Friday the 13th. Wow. So it's good marketing. So this is 12. 
This is the number, the 12th one. Surely the they're going to make it to 13, right? Well, they're probably going to start remaking them all, I would say, if this is successful. Okay. And uh, this year there are three Friday the 13th, actually, which is kind of unusual, and two months in a row, February and March, mm-hmm. uh, which is very unusual. Yeah. So that's good stuff. I agree. And I got one more for you. Okay. The band Black Sabbath. I love Sabbath. Yeah, we both do. They released their debut album in, uh, on February 13th, Friday, February 13th, 1970. That seems like something they would do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Isn't that crazy they've been around since 70? Uh, yeah. Isn't they, it crazy that Ozzy can still walk? Barely. Yeah. Well, that's funny that you bring up the calendar, Chuck, because I've got one last little snippet. Okay. Um, one of the reasons why Friday the 13th is a problem is because we moved to a solar calendar under Pope Gregory uh, the 5th, I think. Yeah, Greg. Okay, so uh, he he commanded that we move to a solar calendar from a lunar calendar. Again, paganism, right? Uh, and in, because in the pagan uh, culture and in, in the pagan calendar, there are actually thirteen months based on the lunar cycle, uh-huh. uh, which is connected to the menstrual cycle. Which again, got to get away from women. There you have it. I, I'm not going to go there. So this Friday the thirteenth in February, Friday the thirteenth in March. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't have happened had we stayed with the original pagan lunar calendar. Interesting. Yes, well, love you. These are all nice little tidbits. This was full of uh, uh, water cooler type of... That's because there's absolutely nothing to Friday the 13th. (laughs) Well, that's one of the main points, though, is is even though there's all these ancient uh, things that it's rooted in, the modern fear of Friday the 13th, evidently, most people don't even know these ancient things. So it's pretty much just one of those things that's been created. Yeah. For our enjoyment. Yep, nothing to it, folks. Basically, just Don't worry. one way to get make it through the day on a Friday. Absolutely. A little more on guard than ever, so. There you go. Well, you guys be safe, just in case, just in case, this Friday the 13th, the next Friday the 13th, and all Friday the 13th. We want you around to listen to our right. sweet voices for as long as possible. So don't leave your home. All right. Well, <laughs> Chuck, do you have any listener mail? I do, but I believe we have an, uh, our sponsor needs to chime in first. Oh, yeah, let's do that. You want to? Yeah. Well, let's kick it off. Audible.com? Yes. Actually, well, yeah. if, if everybody goes to um, audiblepodcast.com slash stuff, they can sign up, they can register, mm-hmm. and they'll immediately be eligible for one free download. Right, which is a, a book on tape or a... Uh, Everything. Sure. Anything you can conceive of that you could make into audio, they've got it, right? There's like 50,000 titles. Lots of titles. And uh, I went online, I was browsing, and they have uh, my favorite detective novel of all time, Dashiell Hammett's Maltese Falcon. Oh, really? And they have it in several different forms. They have a dramatized form and, and, and a couple of different ones. But they have like these straight, you know, novel uh-huh. uh, read aloud, um, which I'm actually looking forward to getting. Who reads it? Do you know? Uh, I do, and I don't remember his name, but it's uh, no one I'd heard of. Okay. Well, I'm going to recommend, and you're going to say, you hippie. I'm going to recommend Jack Kerouac's On the Road. You hippie. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, the classic Beat Generation sure. novel, and I'm going to recommend it because it's read by uh, David Carradine. Awesome. Kane of Kung Fu himself reads it. And Bill from Kill Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so those, that's my recommendation. Yeah, you can find both of those, and like we said, uh, 49,998 more, at least, <laughs> um, by going to audiblepodcast.com backslash stuff and registering uh, to get your free one. So uh, now is it listener mail time? Now is listener mail time. I think time. I've been made to wait long enough. Yes. So, Chuck, what do you have for us? Josh, I have a listener mail that we're going to call the Horace Firestorm of 09. <laughs> We got a lot of emails about you messing up the fact that, I believe you said... 
I said Horus was the god. He was the one with the dog's head. Right. I didn't even have the right animal right. Okay? Ancient Egypt we're talking uh, about. It, it turns out what I should have said was Horus has the head of a jackal if right. I were even going to be in the right ballpark. Right. But that's uh, Anubis. Yes. Anubis, one of the two, mm-hmm. uh, actually has the head of a jackal as the ancient Egyptian god with the head of a jackal. Yes. Horus, and I'm sorry, everybody, it turns out Horus is the one with the head of a cat. So I apologize to everybody who... No, um, no, no, no. Horus had the head of a falcon. What? I, I will not let you mislead leader, uh, or listeners anymore. And thank you to all these people who wrote in, including uh, Satyarth Mishra from India, age 13. Mm-hmm. Jessica Sastra of Jacksonville, Florida. Logan Larson, studying in France. Catherine Lee, Thomas Radke. Chris Albrecht of KU Jayhawks. Go Jayhawks. Eric S. of Philadelphia, Jeremy Sheehan, Alex Clifford of Livermore, California, Rick, R-I-C, nothing more. Right. Uh, Tommy Schiano of the Mafia, Jason Barnhart, <laughs> Andrew Smith of Jerusalem, and then my favorite, uh, Rachel Austin in Boulder sent this correction in the form of a haiku, which we love. It is Anubis, Jackal, Horus, Sun, Moon, Eye, Falcon, Egypt, next podcast. Nice. So thank you, Rachel, for being so creative with that. Thanks to all of you. Um, ever since the first email trickled in, I've been wearing my hair shirt, so I'll, I think I can take it off now. What do you think, Chuck? You've been punched. It's so itchy. Horus is not a cat. Well, if you want to send us a podcast about ancient Egyptian gods or anything that strikes your fancy, you can send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. Yeah. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?